Doctor! Doctor Watson! Mrs. Hudson. Well, now, ain't you a sight for sore eyes? It has been a while, I admit. Too long. I suppose your medical practice has been booming. Oh, it has indeed. It is a sad reality that doctors enjoy perpetual job security. (laughs) (laughs) Is uh, Mr. Holmes in? Aye, he is indeed, Doctor. And glad I am you've come round. Oh? Mr. Holmes has never been quite the same since you moved away, Doctor. But as of late, he's been a mite extra moody. Any idea what's ailing him? Well, I ain't no doctor myself. But if I were to venture a guess, I'd say he was just bored witless. Business not booming for detectives, eh? I'm afraid not. Your bell ring was the first we've had in a while, save for the bill collectors. But you needn't hear about our problems. You go right on up. He'll be tickled to see you. (laughs) I've yet to see Mr. Holmes tickled by anything, so that would be something of note. (laughs) Come in. As I entered the study, Holmes stood at one of the large windows overlooking Baker Street, his hands clasped behind him. He did not look over as I closed the door, and his hawkish profile was set in sharp relief against the light outside. Marriage seems to agree with you, Watson. I'd say you were up at least seven pounds. Seven? How did you... Oh, you saw me walking up the street. (laughs) Not at all. Your tread upon the stairs is a trifle heavier than it used to be. Well, you know, Mary does like to set a large table. A trifle, Watson. Only a trifle. Aye, yes. I, uh... Is there something of interest out the window? Indeed. A carriage on the far side of the street. Oh, surely there's nothing odd about that. There are carriages and cabs and... It has been there for the better part of an hour. A nice little broom and a pair of beauties. A hundred and fifty guineas apiece. The passenger, a man in a mask of all things, has been watching this flat for all that time. Twice now he has begun to exit the cab, only to withdraw at the last moment. Uh... Perhaps he's uncertain he's at the correct address. It is not uncertainty, Watson. It is a lack of courage. He is gathering his nerve. Otherwise, there would be no need for the ridiculous mask. Well, uh, perhaps he's trying to... Ah! And here is attempt number three. He is exiting the cab. Farther this time. He is all the way into the street, crossing it now. And he is almost at the door. Come in! Mr. Holmes, a gentleman to see you. He has sent this note as introduction. We are being visited by a man of means, Watson. A man of foreign means. (laughs) More of your witchcraft, eh, Holmes? Not at all. Here, examine for yourself. Very well, Hmm, let's see. Such paper could not be bought under half a crown a packet. It is peculiarly strong and stiff. Peculiar is the very word. It is not an English paper at all. If you hold it up to the light, you will see a mark woven into the texture that identifies its origin as being Egria. Egria? A German-speaking country. In Bohemia, not far from Carlsbad. 
The paper is from Bohemia. And the author of the note is German. Notice the uncourteous use of the verbs. That is the work of a German writer. Ah, but we've kept our man waiting far too long. Send him up, Mrs. Hudson. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Let us assume idleness, Watson. It will not do to let our timid visitor know he was being observed throughout his entire performance. Come in! Welcome, sir. Won't you come in and sit down? This is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. You may say anything before him that you can say to me. Whom have I the honour to address? You may address me as, uh, Count von Kram. You must excuse this mask that I wear. The person who employs me wishes his agent to be unknown to you. And I may confess at once that the title by which I have just called myself is not exactly my own. I was well aware of that fact, sir. You see, Mr. Holmes, the matter I am about to discuss implicates the great house of Ormstein, hereditary kings of Bohemia. That had not escaped me either, sir. In fact, if you will state your case, I shall be better able to advise you. Your Majesty... <gasps> Uh, how? Uh, how did you... Yeah. Yeah, I am the king. Why should I attempt to conceal it? Why, indeed. Remove the mask, if you please, your majesty, as I prefer to see the face of the man I am addressing. <clears throat> there, Mr. Holmes. I have travelled incognito from Prague for the express purpose of consulting you. Then, pray consult... Some five years ago, during a visit to Warsaw, I made the acquaintance of the well-known adventuress Irene Adler. We are not unfamiliar with Miss Adler. Your Majesty, as I understand, became entangled with this young person, wrote her some compromising letters, and is now desirous of getting those letters back. Yeah, but how did you... The male species is consistent in its carelessness regarding the opposite sex, Your Majesty. Was there a secret marriage? Certainly not. Legal papers or certificates? None. Then I fail to grasp the depths of your peril. If this young lady should produce her letters for blackmailing purposes, how is she to prove their authenticity? The, uh, the handwriting? Forgery. Uh, my private note paper. Stolen. My own seal. Imitated. My photograph. Purchased. Uh, we were both in the photograph. Ah, yes. That is bad. Very bad indeed. Did you inscribe this photograph, Your Majesty? I did. Oh, Good heavens. I must say, Your Majesty, had you purposely set out to be blackmailed, you could not have done a better job than the facts now set before us. Be that as it may, Mr. Holmes, we must recover that photograph. What price does Miss Adler put upon the photograph? She refuses to sell. Can it be stolen? Five attempts have been made, Mr. Holmes. Twice burglars in my pay ransacked her house. Once we diverted her luggage when she travelled. Twice she has been waylaid. With no success? <sighs> None. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> 
It is quite a pretty little problem. And a very serious one to me. <clears throat> of course. Of course, Your Majesty. Uh, what does the lady propose to do with the photograph? To ruin me. How? I am to be married to the second daughter of the King of Scandinavia. She is the soul of delicacy. Even a shadow of a doubt as to my conduct would bring the matter to an end. And Irene Adler threatens to send the photograph to your fiancé, I suppose. Yeah, and she will do it, rather than let me marry another woman. Are you certain that she hasn't already sent it, Your Majesty? Quite. And why? She said she would send it on the day my betrothal is publicly announced. That day will be next Monday. <sighs> yes, then we have three days yet. <laughs> and here I was, thinking that time was of the essence. But, uh, Mr. Holmes... Your Majesty will, of course, stay here in London for the present? Why, yes. You will find me at the Longham Hotel under the name Count von Kram. Very good. Just two questions before you leave. First, is the photograph large or small? Quite large, and it was in a heavy frame. Mm, naturally. And what is Irene Adler's London address? Freeney Lodge, Serpentine Avenue... St. John's Wood. Thank you, Your Majesty. Good night, and I trust we shall have some good news for you soon. Thank you for allowing me to tag along, Holmes. I've missed our little adventures. As have I, Watson. Really? I got the distinct impression upon my arrival the other day that you were miffed at me. I do not adjust to change rapidly or willingly, Watson. Especially not change outside of my control. Ah, and here is Miss Adler's neighborhood. I presume your disguise means you intend to interview a few unsuspecting witnesses. Indeed, Watson. My likeness has been featured too often to risk being recognized this early in the game. However, in the character of an old roustabout, I shouldn't attract any undue attention. I wish you'd told me, Holmes. I'm liable to stick out like a sore thumb. Not at all, Watson. You shall play the part of my mentor, a man assigned by the social authorities to make sure I stay on the straight and narrow. Are you up to it? I will do my best, Holmes. Excellent, Watson. And not a minute too soon, as we approach Miss Adler's house now. It appears the coachman is even now hard at his labours. Let's have a word with him, shall we? Your line, Watson? Oh, yes, of course. <clears throat> I say there, young man, might I have a word with you? You talking to me? I am, lad. Come near the fence, would you? What's up, Gov? We ain't no charity house. Oh, not at all, my boy. I myself am from such a charity, and I am looking to set up Mr... Uh... uh Mr... Duffield's uh, my name. Uh, Duffield. Ah, yes. I am looking to set up Mr. Duffield with a job. Uh, who is the man of the house, might I ask? Ain't no man of the house, Gov. Ah. It's a woman, Miss Adler. Ah, then we are in the right place. We were told Miss Adler was looking for a new coachman. A new coachman? She ain't said nothing to me about it. 
and I'd be doing a fine job of it. Oh, of course, of course. I'm sure it's all a misunderstanding. Still, I'd enjoy a word with the old thing, if possible. She ain't no old thing, Gov. Ah. Turns the head of every bloke in the city. I see. She must spend a lot of time away from home, then? Not so much. She lives quiet-like, singing at concerts, drives out at five every day, and returns at seven sharp for dinner. Only one male visitor, but a good deal of him. He is dark and handsome, never calls less than once a day, and often twice. A Mr. Godfrey Norton, of the Inner Temple, he... John! John! That's the lady now. Yes, miss? Bring the carriage around right away. Hurry! I thought you said she lives quietly. She sounds overwrought. This ain't usual. Something's up, it is. But now I have to get moving. Uh, thank you for the information. Hmm. What do you make of that, Holmes? It would seem something is afoot, Watson. Quickly, around the front of the property. We must see why our good lady is in such a hurry to be off. <sighs> no sign of her, Holmes. You think we missed her? Not a chance, Watson. Ah, I hear the carriage just coming round. There. There, Holmes. Quiet. She may see us. The Church of St. Monica, John. Hurry. Half a sovereign if you reach it in 20 minutes. The Church of St. Monica? What do you make of it, Holmes? I fear our little bird may be about to fly, Watson. We need to get... Aha! And fate has smiled upon us. A cab approaches. Here now! Cabby! Blast it all, Watson. Why isn't he stopping? It's your shabby clothing, Holmes. Hmm. Let me try. Ahoy! Cabby! <sighs> Judge a man by his garments, will you? Where to, sir? The Church of St. Monica. And it's half a sovereign if you reach it in 20 minutes. Right. In you go. There she is, Holmes, on the arm of a gentleman. Who do you think that might be? That, my dear Watson, is very likely to be one Mr. Godfrey Norton. The gentleman caller? One and the same. It would appear my fears are being realised, Watson. Our little bird is preparing to fly from our grasp. Marriage? Undoubtedly. Shall we stop them? Not a chance of doing that without showing our hand, Watson. No. You must follow them into the church, posing as a random patron. This is no scheduled ceremony. There are no guests or other wedding day gaiety, so you shouldn't arouse suspicion. I would do it myself, but as my attire is not even enough to stop a cab, I fear it would not be enough to gain entry into this fine house of God. And what shall I do there, Holmes? Observe, Watson. Simply observe. What happened, Watson? It was a whirlwind, Holmes. No sooner had I entered the church than the pair, accompanied by a clergyman, spotted me and beckoned me over. The gentleman, who was indeed our Mr. Norton, grabbed my hand and practically shouted, This man will do! I was half dragged up to the altar, 
and before I knew where I was, I found myself vouching for things of which I knew nothing, and generally assisting in the secure tying up of Adler, spinster, to Godfrey Norton, bachelor. Good heavens! It was over in an instant, and there was the gentleman thanking me on the one side and the lady on the other, while the clergyman beamed on in front. Hmm. It seems the clergyman absolutely refused to marry them without a witness of some sort. Hmm. Given the suddenness and informality of the nuptials, and that my lucky appearance saved the bridegroom from having to sally out into the streets in search of her best man. <laughs> it was the most preposterous position in which I ever found myself in my life. <sighs> As way of thanks, the bride gave me a sovereign. A sovereign, eh? Indeed. This one, here. Yeah. Ah, yes. Uh, Watson... Might I trade you an equal coin for that one? Uh, well, certainly, Holmes. But why? Let us say only that I need a new decoration for my watch chain. Now then, did you get the sense that the happy couple is about to flee? Not immediately, no. As the couple departed separately, I overheard the lady to say that she planned to drive out in the park at five, as usual. Then there is still time. Time for what, Holmes? In due course, Watson, in due course. First, back to Baker Street. 221B Baker Street, driver. Ah, it's these blasted clothes. Watson, do you mind? <laughs> what the man said, driver. Right, sir. Cold beef and a glass of beer. I have been too busy to think of food, <clears throat> and this evening is likely to be busier still. Watson, I hope I can count on your cooperation tonight as well. Mm, mm. I should be delighted. You don't mind breaking the law? Not in the least. Nor running a chance of arrest? <laughs> Not in a good cause. Oh, the cause is excellent. Then I am your man. I was certain I might rely on you. What do you have in mind, Holmes? In two hours, we must be on the scene of action. Miss Adler, or Madam, rather, returns from her drive at seven. We must be at Bryony Lodge to meet her. And what then? You must leave that to me. I have already arranged what is to occur. There is only one point on which I must insist... You must not interfere, come what may. You understand? I am to be neutral. Do nothing whatever. There will likely be some small unpleasantness. Do not join in it. It will end in my being conveyed into the house. Four or five minutes afterwards, the sitting room window will open. You are to station yourself close to that open window. Very well. You are to watch me, for I will be visible to you. And when I raise my hand, just so... You will throw into the room what I give you to throw, and will, at the same time, raise the cry of fire. You quite follow me. Entirely. But what am I to throw? It is an ordinary plumber's smoke rocket. Here we are. Fitted with a cap at either end to make it self-lighting. When you raise the cry of fire, it will be taken up by quite a number of people. You may then walk to the end of the street and I will rejoin you in ten minutes. I hope that I have made myself clear. 
I am to remain neutral, get near the window, watch you, and at the signal throw in this object. Then raise the cry of fire and wait for you at the corner of the street. Precisely. Now, if you will excuse me, I shall prepare for the new role I must play. Holmes disappeared into his bedroom and returned in a few minutes in the character of an amiable and simple-minded minister. His broad black hat, his baggy trousers, his white tie, his sympathetic smile, and general look of peering and benevolent curiosity all lent itself to the character. It was not merely that Holmes changed his costume. His expression, his manner, his very soul seemed to vary with every fresh part that he assumed. The stage lost a fine actor when he became a specialist in crime. It was a quarter past six when we left Baker Street, and it still wanted ten minutes to the hour when we achieved our destination. It was already dusk, and the lamps were just being lighted as we paced up and down in front of Briny Lodge, waiting for the coming of its occupant. The small street was remarkably animated. There was a group of shabbily dressed men smoking and laughing in a corner, two guardsmen flirting with a nurse, girl, and several well-dressed young men who were lounging up and down with cigars in their mouths. It occurs to me, Watson, that this marriage rather simplifies matters. The photograph becomes a double-edged weapon now. The chances are that she would be as averse to its being seen by Mr. Godfrey Norton as our client is to its coming to the eyes of his princess. Now, the question is, where are we to find the photograph? Certainly she does not carry it with her. Much too large to be easily concealed about a woman's dress. Mm-hmm. Very astute, Watson. She also knows that the king is capable of having her waylaid and searched. Two such attempts having already been made. Where else could it be hidden? Her banker or lawyer, perhaps, but I am inclined to think not. Women are naturally secretive, and they like to do their own secreting. Why hand it over and be subject to unknown influences? And let us remember that she had resolved to use it within a few days... It must be where she can easily lay her hands upon it. Therefore, it must be in her own house. But the burglaries, Holmes. What of them? Perpetrated by amateurs, no doubt. They did not know where to look. And you know where to look? I will not need to look. You... I... Holmes, you speak in riddles. If it is hidden and you don't intend to look for it, how in blazes do you expect to find it? The lady herself will show it to me. But surely she will refuse? <laughs> she will not be able to. But I hear the rumble of wheels. The lady approaches. Remember your duties, Watson. Hey, now. If it ain't the Queen of England. Please, leave me past. Yeah. Let me get the door for you. Give me a hand now. That's a nice lass. You know, you ruffians. Leave the young lady alone, you... <gasps> the clergyman's been injured. He's dead. No. <gasps> no, no. There's life in him. He's a brave one. They would have had the lady's purse and watch if it hadn't been for him. 
Oh, God, poor fellow. We must get him inside. My house is just here. Bring him in. Slowly and solemnly, Holmes was borne into the house and laid out in the principal room, while I still observed the proceedings from my post by the window. The lamps had been lit, but the blinds had not been drawn, so that I could see Holmes as he lay upon the couch. All at once, Holmes sat up and I saw him motion like a man who is in need of air. A maid rushed to the window and threw it open. At the same instant, I saw him signal with his hand, and I tossed my rocket into the room with a cry of, Fire! The word was no sooner out of my mouth than the entire crowd of spectators joined in. Thick clouds of smoke curled through the room and out at the open window. I caught a glimpse of rushing figures, and a moment later, the voice of Holmes from within assuring them that it was a false alarm. It is all right. A false alarm. There is no danger. Slipping through the shouting crowd, I made my way to the corner of the street, and in ten minutes was joined by Holmes, who walked swiftly and in silence for some minutes, until we had turned down a quiet, distant street, headed toward Baker Street. Well done, Watson. You played your role perfectly. You have the photograph? I know where it is. And how did you find out? She showed me, as I told you she would. I am still in the dark. Oh, have pity on an old friend. <laughs> I do not wish to make a mystery. The matter is perfectly simple. You, of course, saw that everyone in the street was an accomplice. They were all engaged for the evening. That much I guessed. When the skirmish broke out, I had a little moist red paint in the palm of my hand. I rushed forward, fell down, clapped my hand to my face, and became a piteous spectacle. Then they carried me in. She was bound to have me in. What else could she do? And into her sitting room, which was the very room which I suspected. It was either that or her bedroom, and I was determined to see which. They laid me on a couch, I motioned for air... They were compelled to open the window, and you had your chance. How did that help you? Oh, it was all important, my old friend. When a woman thinks her house is on fire, her instinct is at once to rush for the thing she values the very most. A married woman grabs her baby. An unmarried woman reaches for her jewel box. In this case, of course, it was the photograph. And uh, where was it? In a recess in the living room, just above the right-hand bell pull. I caught a glimpse of it as she drew it out. When I made it known that the fire was a false alarm, she replaced the photograph. As soon as I was able to, I advised her that I was feeling well enough to leave. I considered taking the photograph at once, but the coachman had come in. And as he was watching me quite narrowly, it seemed safer to wait. And now... We shall call with the king early tomorrow. We will be shown into the sitting room to wait for the lady. But when she comes, she will find neither us nor the photograph. Ah, but we are at Baker Street. You may stay the night, Watson, if you would like. Mr. Holmes? Oh, uh, madame, I did not expect to see you here. You tricked me, Mr. Holmes. All in the name of propriety, my dear lady. Propriety? I fear the king may not be the man you think he is, Mr. Holmes. Things could be said that would be most improper for a lady to discuss. 
How did you know it was me? I take great pride in my skill with disguises. Your pride remains intact, Mr. Holmes. It was not your costume, Disguise, but... please. Very well. Disguise. In any case, as soon as I showed the hiding place of the picture, I knew I had betrayed myself. I sent John the coachman to watch you, ran upstairs, got into my walking clothes, and came down just as you departed. I followed you here, and your name is on the door. You speak of the king? Yes. May we speak in private, Mr. Holmes? Well, I... Uh, the, the good doctor here is a trusted confidant. I rarely... It is quite all right, Holmes. I am expected at home anyway. I shall call on you early tomorrow. Thank you, my friend. Now then, about the king... And so you have the photograph? No, Your Majesty. <laughs> what? Your message indicated that you had resolved my dilemma to satisfaction. And indeed I have. Then pray, tell me. Irene Adler is married. <laughs> married? As of yesterday, to an English lawyer. <laughs> but she could not love... Him? I believe, in fact, that she does. And your majesty should hope this to be the case. But I... If the lady loves her husband, she does not love your majesty. If she does not love your majesty, there is no reason why she should interfere with your majesty's plan. Hmm. What you say is true, but yet... An English lawyer... I spoke to the lady last night, and she told me things I wish I may forget. Even still, she has left a note for your majesty and a rather stunning photograph of herself. Read the final passage of the note aloud, if you please. Right, let us... Your majesty may rest in peace. I love and am loved by a better man. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. You may do what you will without hindrance from one whom you have cruelly wronged. Mm. I keep the king's photograph only to safeguard myself or to preserve a weapon which will always secure me from any steps which you might take in the future. Mm. What a woman! Oh, what a woman! Would she not have made an admirable queen. Is it not a pity that she was not on my level? From what I have seen of the lady, she seems indeed to be on a very different level to your majesty. I am sorry that I have not been able to bring your majesty's business to a more successful conclusion. <laughs> on the contrary, nothing could be more successful. I know that her word is inviolate, the photograph is now as safe as if it were in the fire. Pray, tell me in what way I can reward you. This ring, perhaps? Your Majesty has something which I should value even more highly. Name it, Mr. Holmes. The lady's photograph. Huh. The photograph? Uh, why, of course, 
If that's what you desire. It is all I wish from your majesty, and I thank you. Now, as there is nothing more to be done in the matter, I have the honor to wish you a very good morning. A Royal Scandal, a Legacy Radio Theater production, was adapted by Craig Hart from the short story A Scandal in Bohemia by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. A Royal Scandal was produced and directed by Craig Hart. The musical score was composed by Connor Savaka. Editing and sound design was by Craig Hart. Our cast includes R.J. Bailey as Sherlock Holmes, A.W. Miller as Dr. Watson, Stephanie Nimit Parker as Irene Adler, Mike Carnes as The King, Nicole Swanson as Mrs. Hudson, and Liam Price as John. Your announcer is Craig Hart. The theme for Legacy Radio Theater was composed by John Campbell. A Royal Scandal is a production of Legacy Radio Theater. Thank you for listening.